this is going to be the worst podcast episode ever. Okay. <laughs> All right. Which is a high bar to, to match or a low bar, perhaps. But yeah. So for those of you who think we lack the intellectual curiosity to offer substance on any topic, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do it. I'll do it. I'll start. All right. Let's Here we go. Do it. We're jumping in. No prep. Yep. Just doing it. Yep. All right. All right. Hello, and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. Two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan, the Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. And I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church in Wairika, California. Welcome to the podcast. Yay, we're back. Has anyone noticed that we're gone? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. So it's been, but it, pro- it, it's, it's been a, been a minute. So. It's been yeah. A it's been a minute. Yeah. 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 So we usually try to have a couple of podcasts like extra lined up. So if we can't get together for whatever reason, we can, we have like a, like a week and a half buffer sort of built in. Yeah. But it was just a series of weeks where busy traveling, you were sick. Yeah. But I got, I got the Rona. So the Rona. Um, so yeah, it's just an act. I had it in December. I think I might've missed a week in December, which yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's been a month where we just haven't been able to get together. So Matt and I are back together and better than ever. Well, <laughs> let's not get ahead <laughs> of ourselves. <laughs> like so it's January 24th. I think this is the first time we've recorded yeah. in this year. I think the last no, time. Was no, December we did. Something. We did like the January 6th. I guess that we recorded that before. I think we recorded it in December. Yeah. Anyway. So it's January 24th. My older brother, Joe, will be 47 tomorrow. So wow. happy birthday, Joe. Um, I know you're not listening to this, but happy birthday. Love you. And you're old. So. <laughs> Those are the things I have to say. But you know who might be listening to this? Who? Dan Logie. And it was his birthday yeah, on I saw Saturday? That. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dan. Yeah. We got to have you on the show, man. I know. Like, we got to get you on. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, it's been a while, um, but we're back. And um, just want to say that moving forward in 2022, this is a random thing, which probably affects nobody, but I'm going to move the... Uh, the day that the episodes air to Thursday instead of Wednesday, it's yep. just sort of better for my schedule and being able to edit things down and get it posted. So uh, if you are an avid Wednesday afternoon, 3 p.m. on the dot downloader of our podcast, I'm, I regret to inform you that we're moving it to Thursday. And also, could you like, could you like maybe get a hobby? If that's, <laughs> yeah. if that's You need to fill your Wednesday afternoons with more productive things probably. But, uh, but yeah, so there we are. So that's that. Like I said, it's January 24th. We just came off of a kind of an amazing weekend of professional football. It was amazing. I was shocked and amazed. Your your team is still in it. I can't believe it. So I think we've established on the show that I'm like the worst fan ever. Because yeah, I'm bad. like I'm like the Eeyore. I'm like, yeah, they're not gonna do anything. <laughs> like and, and they're in the NFC championship games. And like we're playing against the Rams in the NFC championship game, which is about as good as it gets as far as rivalry goes. And I think that's the first time that's happened, like at least in my lifetime. That you're playing the, some sort of rival or something for the... Well, that like having two 
well, not just a rival, but like the Rams in particular, because we're in the same division and we're in the same, you know, division. Yeah, division's the right word. Uh, so it's not very often that two teams from the same division are face each other in the conference final. Like yeah, that, that, that doesn't happen a lot. And the reason it's rare is because it's rare. Anyway, um, <laughs> because it doesn't happen very often. But anyway, it good insight. It's not very often like you get that many representatives from one conference in the playoffs, let alone, I guess that's changed in recent years. Now, yeah. like everyone makes the playoffs, but yeah. So yeah. they went in and beat the Packers. That was surprising to me at Lambeau field. Like yeah. it was, uh, I, I did not have a lot of hope for that game, but yeah, I thought that yeah. was, the, I thought that was the surest bet of the weekend that the Packers would win and uh, shows how much I know. Good thing. I don't yeah. bet actually. Yeah, and then like uh, the Patriots, of course, um, had a difficult afternoon. Well, that was a, that was a week ago now, but yeah, yeah. that was that was pretty yeah. that was pretty brutal. <laughs> Yikes! That yeah. was pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, man, Tom Brady with the Buccaneers almost pulled it out yesterday. I counted him out in like the third quarter. I was like, all right, I'm not going to watch anymore. But it was so funny, kind of watching like the Twitter feed of people who are just like, it's twenty-seven to three. But they've got Tom, like he's he has such he's cast such a spell over everybody. And even yeah. when they're losing twenty-seven to three, people are still like, "Yeah, but," and it just seems yeah. so ridiculous. And then, of course, it was twenty-seven twenty-seven in a blink of an eye, and yeah, so, I mean, it's just sort of jaw-dropping that that you know something can be so like almost mythologized and so right. such a caricature, you know, so, of, of like a superhero movie. But then it just happens time and time and time again. And so, longtime listeners of the podcast will will understand this. Tom Brady has turned everyone into J Batch. <laughs> where that's just where, not nice. Where we just they just say like crazy stuff and it happens. Right. If you've been listening for a long time, you know that years ago I bet against Tom Brady, and that was the first and last time that happened. Like that's like over twenty years ago now. I but know. anyway, I know. Yeah. 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 It was just kind of amazing. And then what was the other game? I forget. Oh, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the yeah. Tennessee Titans. I didn't, yeah. I mean, I didn't really watch any of the games except for uh, uh, Bill's Chiefs. Yeah. But, you know, other than maybe catching, you know what? You're there. I feel along. bad for the Bills, man. We need to change the overtime rules. Like that, that was just, that was, first of all, Bill's Chiefs, amazing game. Yeah. Amazing finish to a game, which is different yeah. than an amazing game. Yeah. Um, not the best game ever. Some people, you know, oh, it's always people who are like automatically right away are like, that's the best game ever. It's like, well, well it's like how every well, election is the most slow important down. election of our lives. Yeah, slow like, down. There's, ready. there's been plenty yeah. of others, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just a heartbreaker. I mean, the, I was watching that game. I'm kind of pulling for the bills. I mean, I was too, because they've just been bad for so long. They're good fans in Buffalo. Well, and even Jim though Kelly's just so good, there's oh, sort wait, of a no. divisional rival with the Patriots, but like I, I yeah. don't even, like, I don't know. Like I would they haven't never, been a threat to the Patriots in you know well, since just, the '90s. But I never so. saw them as like Jets fans, New York City Jets fans, or Giants fans, or Yankees fans. Like, no, will not root for ever, ever, ever. But Bills fans, I didn't really have any particular animosity towards the Bills. They were just in our division. We played them, but it wasn't like an animosity or anything. So happy to root for them. I don't want to see the Chiefs win again. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want 
anyone to go to four conference championships games and three straight Super Bowls, unless it's my team, of course. I was just going to say, you get bored when the same team wins over and over again. Patriots. Well, yeah, I don't want anyone to. You find that you you find that really dull, do you? Well, yeah. So, (laughs) like, I get it when people root against the Patriots going back. Like, I get it. Um, So, kind of just rooting against the Chiefs and rooting for the Bills and the tortured fan base and all that. And, you know, they're marching down the field. They were down. 26 21, I think it was. Yeah. And it's fourth and 12 with like under two minutes. And it's like, oh man, this is just does not look good. And they had a really dumb play on third down. It went from third and seven to fourth and 12 or third and five to four. I mean, they just kind of yeah. messed that up. I'm like, oh man, they just messed up their whole season. And then they, the guy falls down and, and uh, the defender falls down and it's a touchdown. And it's, yeah, you know, now they're up. And then they had a crazy like two point conversion. So they're up three with, you know, minute 50 yeah. left. Chiefs go down and they score and they're up four. And then the, with a minute left and the bills come down and they score. Now they're up three again with 13 seconds left. And then they did just the dumbest play calling and let the chiefs kick a field goal. And then you get into overtime chiefs win the coin toss and that's ball game. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, just a crazy back and forth game. Does anybody think that Cincinnati can play with the chiefs? Does anybody think that? (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not in, like, I thought the Titans would beat them yeah. pretty handily. So who knows? They're, I mean, they're playing yeah. with house money at this point, right? Like no pressure. Yeah. Um, so who knows? I mean, kind of a similar the, deal the with Chiefs, the 49ers. The Chiefs like, aren't as good as they were the last couple of years. Right. I mean, they were the best team in the league three years straight. They only won it once, but they were the best team in the league three years straight. This year, yeah. I don't know that they were the best team. Like they're in the top. You know, one of the top teams, but they're not like this. A lot, there was a lot they're of not the juggernaut that they were the last couple of years. Yeah, a lot of parody yeah. this season. Well, and the proof of that is that like the Niners are in the NFC Championship. Well, and every everyone lost like at least five games, I think. You know, so there wasn't yeah. any like fourteen and two teams or anything like, like nobody that. Nobody so. was totally dominant. Yeah. 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 So who knows? I mean, they could pull it off. I'll be rooting for it, but I don't expect it. Yeah, I don't expect it either. And Rams Niners, like, look, I really hope the Niners win. And they played well against them during the season, so I have some hope. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So that covers football, I guess. Yeah. Well, college football, and we haven't talked for a month. I was really happy to see Alabama lose. Yeah. You know, I watched that game, the the, the Georgia game. Yeah. Yeah. That was good game. That was fun. It was a good game. It was. Yeah, it was a fun game. Uh, Georgia stepped up in the fourth quarter there and. And really took it to him. It was exciting. There's something satisfying about Nick Saban losing. There is. I agree. <laughs> like, there's like, there's just something about that that just feels right. Yeah. But again, like another yeah. fan, another fan base that hadn't won in 40 plus years. Yeah. And you know, I don't feel quite as like bad for them because they've had a, they have had success, just not a national championship. Yeah. Uh, but still, to to win it, you felt good for the coach. Felt good for the walk on quarterback, and yeah. yeah. It was good, good for them. It was it was well, a fun that game was to an watch. exciting game. Like that, like that game had like high entertainment value. It did, which with college football isn't always the case. No, it's it's not. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. That was fun to see. Yeah, yeah. So this has been Matt and Kevin talk sports. Uh, thank, yeah, you. thank you. Thank you. Well, the Winter Olympics are coming up. I thought for sure you were going to bring up the Winter Olympics. Oh, but, I'm excited yeah. for the Winter Olympics. But yeah, yeah, yeah we'll we'll get to that. That may need that may need its own thing. Yeah. yeah, and then I don't know how I feel about it being in Beijing and all that. But yeah, but that's really a, a different issue. It feels like we just did the Olympics in Beijing. That's the thing. Well, it's because we did. <laughs> like it wasn't that long. It was two thousand eight. Yeah, it wasn't that long yeah. ago. Yeah, 
which is a little suspicious, but hey. It's more like, to me, the shocking thing is how recent uh, 2008 feels when really it was, you know, a long time ago. 14 years, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we just did the Olympics, of course, last summer in Tokyo because right. they were off a year. But yeah, yeah, my boys are excited. They will, they'll be excited about it because they love watching winter sports stuff. Yeah, my kids care about that stuff not at all. In fact, I'm watching the game yesterday, and it's like maybe like the first like one. I've I've only gotten to watch like maybe three or four games this year because my kids are always watching, you know, the Descendants or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't wind up watching a whole lot of sports just well, because my teams aren't on because I'm not I'm not local, right? And then, uh, yeah, just with kids and everything, and just yeah, it's really I can't just right. sort of justify spending right. hours upon hours on the couch, right? But they were just like not able to handle that it was something other than Disney on the TV. Like they just <laughs> they were not happy. Yeah, yeah. But I gave them fair warning. I said, listen, I'm watching the the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Like those are going to be on, and you guys are just going to have to like. Find a way to cope. Yeah, usually it gets to this point in the playoffs, it's on. The thing that's different about football versus the other sports is it's a one and done always. So, yeah. you know, with with every other sport, it's like a best of seven or best right. of whatever. And so it's like each game doesn't hold quite the importance. Um, yeah. Well, so it's hard to uh, just invest the time, it, I guess, because it's like, well, I might be watching seven of these games, and not yeah. just one of the championship round, you know. Yeah. And I, I had like I have I have like an MLB app where I can catch all the games later. And so like if I miss the game, I can just not like find out what happened and watch it. Whereas with I don't have that opportunity with football. Like if I miss it, I miss it. So yeah. You know, the kids go to bed and I can put the game on and it's fine. But right. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm I've most of what I was following this weekend was just checking right. my app just to catch up on the score Me too. or Me too. what people are saying on Twitter or whatever, just you know, seeing some highlights. But actually watching the game doesn't happen all that often really yeah but yeah basketball hockey college basketball it's all going along trucking along winter olympics next month march madness in march and you i know you love the march madness yeah yeah and you are patient as i wax on yeah i i enjoy your enjoyment of it (laughs) yeah Uh, well thank you yeah well, that seems like a good place to maybe get a coffee shop. Uh, get, a, get a cup of get coffee, a, coffee. Get a coffee shop. Yeah, get a whole shop. Open it. <laughs> With your Christmas bonus? Yep. We are sponsored. We are all about small businesses here on Matt and Kevin Talk Church. In fact, we're going to buy one. <laughs> the Matt and Kevin Talk Church coffee shop. <laughs> MKTC mugs. With ro- the MKTC roast. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like little barista aprons. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's make it. Let's make it happen. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. We'll, anyway, we'll take a break. We'll be right get back. Get a cup of coffee. Yep. Hey, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Matt and Kevin talk church. And oh, wait, we're supposed to be talking about church. Well, we are kind of misnamed, aren't we? To be fair, <laughs> like, to be fair, we do talk church most of the time. We More were often just. Than not. We were just discussing sports because we and Kevin and I enjoy the sports. Um, but and hey, we haven't is, we haven't talked in a month. We're just getting caught up. Right. We're a little right. rusty with this whole podcasting thing. Right. This is gonna be the worst episode ever, which is saying something on this little show. But it's but for those of you who, you know, are loyal, we appreciate it. So what we thought we'd do now is we thought Kevin and I would just sort of rehash some of the stuff we've been reading. And Matt and Kevin talk books. 
And so we, we, we would dive into that. And we are doing this with absolutely no preparation at all. So, uh, <laughs> which, have, which I've always believed is one of the keys to success. So, Kevin, what, what, what have you been reading as a Oh, jeez. I was just thinking I need to go look at my bookshelf and try to remember. Because I, I put books away on the shelf and then I forget. Like, it takes me a minute to remember what I've read recently. Yeah. Or I'll name a book that I read probably two years ago. Like, what, that was recent, wasn't it? I was like, oh, man, what have I read recently? Well, I'll tell you what I, a book I finished yesterday. Okay. And I, I'm just going to say stuff over the last couple of months. It doesn't uh, have to be like. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Okay. So here we go. All right. So book that I read yes, or finished yesterday. You've probably heard of this one. The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. You know, I've, I, I'm familiar with the book. Yeah. So it's the fifth of the Narnia books, fifth of seven. Yeah. And I've been reading them to my seven-year-old son now. And uh, I started a while ago, actually. And we read, uh, started with Magician's Nephew, did Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And got about like halfway through the third one, A Horse and His Boy. And we just kind of fizzled out. Took about a year off from it. And we picked it back up again, started over with Horse and His Boy. And he's been all into it since. So we've gone through three, four, and five. Horse and his boy, um, Prince Caspian, and now Voyage of the Dawn Treader, just just really quickly, because you know all... the right order is the whole controversy. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Like, there's um, a whole thing, so we're sort of doing it the chronological order. Um, anyway, it's been fun that he's kind of gotten into it. Um, whereas the first go round, he wasn't really all that into it. So it's been fun. It's been fun. We just finished, like I said, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. He wants to jump into the silver chair, the next one right away. But it was interesting because we, you know, we get to like the famous passage. In Dawn Treader, where Eustace Scrub turns into a dragon. Remember this part? I do. And Aslan has to undo him, basically. And like I've heard it in illustrations before. It's a great one for illustrations of different sorts. But he turns into a dragon and he he wants to get the scales off, but and he tries himself and just can't do it. Finally, Aslan says, I have to do it for you. And he cuts him deep right and pulls off all of his nasty scales and then underneath he's a little boy and he washes and he's cleaning it It feels great right and i was talking about with my son after we finished that chapter that particular chapter and uh it's like i wonder how much this he's really getting you know we talked about it a little bit because we talked about it before how aslan is is god or jesus right and and right with lion witch in the wardrobe it's really obvious because he's killed and then rises again from the dead right and so, you know, we started piecing together like the symbolism of that scene and he, and he kind of got it. Like he sort of understood it, you know, like when he first turned into a dragon, we talked about how like, you know, he's so nasty and he's so dragon like that he actually became a dragon. And what does that, you know, what does that mean for us as we, right. you know, um, talk about James Smith and our habits become who we are and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Not that I talked about James Smith with my seven year old, but uh, we've talked about that. I mean, as one does, talks about James. <laughs> right. like, does so, come... son. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My son's exceptionally astute. Yeah. I bet Nate George does. I, I, I bet he talks about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but he sort of understood what was going on and how it's like, you know, only Jesus can really rip the sin off of us, basically, is what's going on. Like, we can't do it ourselves. But once he does, even though it hurts, it feels so good, you know, and, and he kind of got that. And uh, and he's kind of thinking about it. Right. And uh, you know, we closed the book. and We're just kind of sitting there talking and he's, he's thinking about it. And he goes, he goes, Dad, I think the guy that wrote this book knows about God. That's so adorable. <laughs> and then he goes, 
I bet if people were smart and they were paying attention, they'd learn about God by reading these books. <laughs> it's just like, I definitely had like a proud dad moment. That's know? so awesome. And it's, and it's really it. not even like proud dad as much as like just a really grateful dad moment that yeah. the Lord is because well, you didn't working. necessarily do that. Well, that's right. Like, well, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah, I can lead a horse to water, but the Lord seems to have given my son a certain understanding and sensitivity to the things of the Lord, right? Um, which is just really fun. And when it, it doesn't come out all that often, uh, but you get like these little glimpses. It's probably what parenting is like, especially with little kids. You get like these just these little glimmers along the way um, where that happens. Like there's like a few weeks ago, we're, it must have been like a Sunday afternoon, and we're talking about church. And my wife said something about, you know, he did really well in church, but seemed to be really attentive and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and he says something like, I don't know if you know this, but I'm really into God or <laughs> something like that. And I was like, okay, great. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just, again, like these little, just fun and rewarding just, moments you get again, as, as the cutest. Yeah. So you've and been like, listening to Matt and Kevin talk kids anyway. No, it's <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was, that was fun anyway. So all that to say, we finished reading. Voyage of the Dawn Treader. It's kind of like the first, we've read a couple of chapter books, you know, um, Charlotte's Web and you know, some of those classics of like our childhood, you know, probably our parents' childhoods. So that they can be traumatized in the way that we were traumatized. Right. By uh, and, and, and Narnia is like the first like multi-book, you know, series that we've done. And I've got a few other series lined up that like I read as kids that I've, that I've been, you know, my the, kids Andrew for Peterson, the Andrew Peterson, the Andrew Peterson Windfinger saga. Yeah, I've wondered about those. So good. Yeah, I might try those. I don't own those, but I might do those. So yeah, yeah, but it's fun to kind of get to the point now where we can we can read some. I mean, like quasi grown up books. You know, I mean, books that hey man, are enjoyable that series, to read. And, you've got toothy cows and the fangs of dang. Like your yeah. <laughs> your boys will be all over it. It's perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. nice not to be reading Clifford. <laughs> you know, I will say that like the Clifford movie they recently made was like better than I expected. Now that's not, you know. So my not... wife took the two boys to that at some point. I forget when I was, you know, I had to yeah. work or whatever, but yeah. uh and they all really enjoyed it. I mean the yeah. boys the boys of course were over the moon, but even my wife was like, no, it was actually pretty enjoyable. It wasn't um, bad. Like I was, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because the books can sometimes be tedious like oh goodness i'm mean, they're not nearly they're fine they're fine they're not nearly as bad as reading thomas or paw patrol right goodness but we should do a whole episode of like our favorite kids books yeah yeah elephant and piggy yeah i, I need to think those about are great that. yeah hey man yeah. the Sandra boyden books do not get like the, the the love that they deserve but anyway yeah those are good yeah 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 anyway so, so, so what so, have you what have you read recently? What have you finished reading recently? Okay, so I not long ago, like right before Christmas, I finished reading Dominion by Tom Holland. Okay, I've, um, I've got it. I haven't read it. That was just, again, he's not a believer, and so he makes some assumptions that I think are faulty assumptions that I think colors some of the way he does history. Um, but it's just fascinating and brilliant and fun to read. So if you if you if you want like a gateway book to reading about some church history from a like a grant granted a secular point of view but uh i think he i think he tries to be fair um pick up dominion it's subtitled let me grab it from right over here it is how the christian revolution remade, the, remade world. the world yeah, yeah like it's, it's on my yes. desk 
It's just fascinating. Super good. Another one, I, I listened to an audio book um, called Daisy Jones and the Six. And it's about like, it's, it's, it's an oral history. It's not a real oral history. It's a fictional oral history about um, this band in the 70s, who I think is kind of modeled after a Fleetwood Mac, basically. Okay. And it's about their rise and fall. And they had all these different actors, like reading the different parts because it's different people giving their perspectives. And it was just fascinating. Now, re- listener, it's got some content. It's not for everybody. You're not going to want to have that on when like your kids are around necessarily. Um, but it was really good and just a very riveting story. I mean, you could get the print book too and it'd be fine. Um, but I recommend like it was a really good listening experience. And so um, I got it from the library for, you know, on my Libby app for the audiobook that way. And it was super fun. I also uh, just recently finished reading a St. Augustine's Confessions. Oh, yeah. and I'd been through it before, of course, but I was, you know, going back to it and it's just, it's so good. Um, there's just a, it does feel a little bit like reading someone's journal because yeah. that that's what it is. That's what, that's what it is. But it's, uh, it's just so there's, it gave me a lot to think about. Like I would have to stop and just, ponder for a while after reading it so um i would recommend if you've never read that um or if you've never read augustine at all there's an argument about whether you start there with city of god but i I think confessions is as good a place to start as any and his um his influence not just on how christians think but on how we think in the west is a is profound and so it's worth reading for that reason so those are just some of the it's a little potpourri of stuff i've been yeah no we like potpourri around here yeah potpourri is better yeah. agreed okay well well i read so i i don't know when last time we've talked about this stuff but i yeah sometime around december 1st you know you kind of have those books that you sort of put off or you start but they're thick right. and they're and you chip away at them little by little but and then you're out they've yeah. been on your desk for just a long time mm-hmm. so about december 1st i had two of those books i just said i'm just going to finish these by new year's i just have to you're like Calvin's uh, institutes. Let's do it. No, no. 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 But so I just, so I had two of those one. Yeah. Anyway. So two of those that uh, I, I finished up around new year's a little bit before, I guess that had just been like long. I just been at them a long time and they were, there was some work to get through and they were mm-hmm. big. So one of them was Alistair McIntyre's book from like 1988 or something called who's justice, which rationality. Yeah. Um, which is classic. <sighs> Yeah, it's thick. It's, you know, very academic, very philosophical. It's 400 pages of, and, and like dense 400 pages. Like, well, and you're a philosopher. I mean, and you studied philosophy. So you, have- right. So it's like a history of philosophy, a history of different thoughts of, in terms of like worldview and, and morality, um, history of morality and ethics and, and, you know, kind of trying to get the idea of justice and just even rationality itself and, and the different streams of thought that, uh, in our day and age are all present, you know, which is somewhat informative in terms of some of the contemporary conversations we're having about, um, especially justice, I guess, is kind of more the hot button one, but like 20 years yeah. ago, it was probably more to do with like just rationality. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, what is the nature of truth itself? So interesting. I wouldn't necessarily, I recommend it unless you're, you know, of a given sort of mindset, I yeah, suppose. Like it's, not, it's not for everybody necessarily. Yeah. I wouldn't say like, oh yeah, he should check this out. Um, but I read that and then <laughs> you're going to laugh at me, but I finished a 700 page 
novel or not novel, uh, 700 page book on Russian history. I mean, I will laugh, but I won't won't point like that's the okay. concession. I'm yeah, to thank you. I'll just mute, yeah. mute you here. Hey, I, I read a history book, you know, <laughs> one. <laughs> um, yeah. So I finished that up around New Year's as well. So, so I got those kind of knocked out. And then um, so two other books that I finished recently uh, that were good and that I would recommend. Uh, one of them is called I think you I'm sure you've read this, How the Nations Rage. By Jonathan yeah. Lehman, of course, and it's kind of rethinking how the church and Christians in general should engage in politics. Yeah, Jonathan Lehman is underappreciated. Yeah, I, I like him, and he's a pastor at he's at um, Capitol Hill Baptist, I believe. He right? used to be. He used to be. Um, he planted a church, you know, in Virginia. Like okay. the Capitol Baptist sent him to. Yeah. So anyway, he's around Washington D.C., and so he yeah. rubs shoulders with that world quite a bit. Uh, and he had a lot of personal anecdotes of people he knows that worked in di- different layers yeah. of uh, different levels of government. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting. I th- thought it was really thoughtful. I didn't agree with everything uh, that he had to say, but um, but it was, v- it was a very good book. And I, I was as I was reading, I was thinking like, this is a good book to sort of start with. If you just want to start the conversation of kind of what is the Christian's role in politics or yeah, the church's I need to role in it. politics. And it's not... I don't know. I guess I feel like I need to make a little disclaimer. It's not what you might think or fear that it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like he's expanding the definition of politics, first of all, uh, to just mean, and, and we and we did this when we talked about politics, to to really just mean anything that involves your your neighbors and your community. Like yeah. all of that is politics, not just like your how you vote or what happens in DC. Um, but it's it's political in the sense of it affects the polis, the community, the polis, uh, your yeah. neighbors, and 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 so so I appreciated that. So it kind of broadens the definition of politics. But also, you know, one of his big points is that um, where you should be most politically active, or where you where your politics finds the most expression, is in the church. So, you know, he say things like, you know, whatever you think about, you know, how we should deal with poverty in terms of government policies and whatever, you know, what are you doing through your church to help the poor in your neighborhood? Like, in, you, know, you know what I mean? Right. Or so he brings it like very local, really, like yeah. to the level of the church. Well, that's his whole deal like that. Like that's his shtick. About, right, right. You know, but, yeah. I, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I think he makes a good point, a, a good case for it. So I thought that was a great book. Again, not that I agree with everything. I shouldn't have to say that. And it's not terribly long either. Like it's no, it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty it's um, under 300 pages. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a quick read, but it's it's a very accessible book. Yeah, it's not highly academic. It's not talking over your head. Um I liked it. It's a good one. It'd, it'd be yeah. a good book to have as sort of a uh, discussion group kind of thing. So my, my dad and I read it together when it came out, like in 2017 okay. or whatever it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We do that sometimes. We read books together and then. Yeah. So the other one that I finished recently, which again, this would go on my recommended list um, and another book that people might kind of chafe at when they first hear it, but it's called The New Reformation by, and I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's Shailen or Shailen. L-I-N-N-E. He is a uh, African-American hip-hop artist, Christian hip-hop artist. He grew up in West Philly, was converted as an adult, got, got into Reformed theology through 10th Presbyterian Church, 
which if you know 10th church, it's trying to think of a, a black hip hop artist going to 10th Presbyterian church in Philly. It's kind of a funny juxtaposition. Um, but he writes from that perspective. And so he's trying to have a conversation about, um, you know, dealing with ethnic inequality and ethnic just injustice issues and so on and so forth. And I think this thought the way that he did it was very winsome. Mm. Um, you know, I've read several books kind of along those lines. And I thought this was maybe by far uh, the most winsome one. And again, probably like a good book to start with, especially if you're uneasy getting into that whole topic. Um, the book is roughly divided into thirds, I would say. The first third is basically his memoir, basically his testimony of how he came to faith, yeah. which is really interesting. Just in and of itself, I always enjoy reading just kind of biography yeah. and testimonials. Yeah. Second third of it is, is uh, basically um, doctrine. He's basically walking us through scripture and, and it's, it's teaching. It's good. I think he does it well. Yeah. And then the third part is a little bit more um, kind of where do we go from here in terms of, you know, really helpful advice, um, tangible things to do uh, in terms of just kind of engaging with the issue of, um, and he's always careful to say ethnic and not racial. And he, mm. you can read the book and he explains why. Because those are the terms the Bible uses. Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't read the book, but that would be, I mean, that would be my reasoning. If I read yeah. It. Yeah. Um, so it's good. I thought, I thought it was good again, just because I, you know, recommend it doesn't mean I agree with everything in it, but it makes you think, and it's a good place to have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, so those are two that I, again, read, you know, around the first of the year that I, I thought were really helpful uh, for me personally. Yeah. I've done way more fiction at like the start of the year than, you know, you would. So which just means you're challenging yourself and I'm reading to have a good time. I think those are, <laughs> those are the different. You're just a better, you know, more thoughtful reader than me. But well, well, I wouldn't say that at all, but yeah, I did get, um, I got four books kind of with Christmas money. I saw your haul. Yeah. yeah I got two fiction, two non, and the yeah. two non were just, just all four of them were kind of just for fun books, I guess. Yeah. So I had plenty of the other, but I've been, yep. I, I haven't, uh, dove into the fiction ones yet just because i don't know i did several fiction before christmas and just yeah just transitioning a little bit i guess so what else are you what else are you reading or have read recently what else am i reading i just finished michael conley's book uh the dark hours it's a uh, harry bosch and renee ballard police procedural uh he's one of the great better crime writers working today and so it was it was good it's uh it's set like just as the pandemic is getting or, you know, midway through 20 as 2020s becoming 2021. And the police okay. officers are like the police departments, like the morale's low and all of that plays in. And there's a murder and she's kind of trying to solve two different cases at once. And it's the way they tie together is neat and fun. And it was a, that was a fun read. So I read that. Um, I read a book by Lynn Inger. It's Leaf Inger's brother, the guy who wrote uh, Virgil Wander and um, Peace Like a River. He's got a brother, it turns out, who teaches <laughs> fiction, um, who teaches fiction at, um, you know, University of Minnesota or something. And so I picked up his book, American Gospel. That's about, um, it takes place like right around the time Richard Nixon is resigning. And this guy who's kind of been this preacher, but kind of a self-taught preacher, just meets in his barn type stuff, uh, has a vision about the, the world ending, 
and the rapture happening. And there's all of the, so the combination of the events happening in the world and his like making this proclamation um, leads to like, you know, that getting a lot of traction and his son, who's kind of rejected the faith, not just not the faith in general, but his father's particular brand of it has grown up to become a journalist. And so he goes out there to cover it. And it's kind of what happens like as a result of all that. And it was just very interesting and thoughtful. And again, um, it doesn't necessarily like lead you to any answers, which is, I kind of liked the ambiguity of it. Some people don't like that in a book, but it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, but it was good. It was good. I'm going to read more by him. I don't think he's quite as talented as his brother. Um, so sorry, Lynn, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Good. Because a part of what he's writing about is like the obsession with within like some branches of Christianity with the rapture. Yeah. And so that so that's what he's playing with. Right. And the conventions around that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's something we haven't talked about in our podcast, the rapture. Well, that's maybe for another day. (laughs) (laughs) But that book is worth reading. And it's like 230 pages. Like it's not like a giant read. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, I'm reading a book now. I don't know if you've read it before, but um, called "The Breaks of the Game." That David, doesn't ring a that doesn't Dave, ring a bell. David Halberstam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The sports yeah. book. Yeah, it's considered the best sports book of all time. So I thought, oh, I should give it a read. So oh, I don't know about that. I mean, there's Friday Night Lights by Buzz Buzzbee. I'm just saying that's what many people have said. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. So anyway, I'm reading it. I'm yeah. maybe a little over a third of the way through. It's like 450 pages. It's pretty long. Yeah. Uh, but it is beautifully written. I mean, it really is. It's like, oh, wow. I can see why people enjoy this. It's a, uh, yeah, it's just, he, he, he's a great writer. Yeah, he is. Um, every individual sentence, you know, is just well, it's beautifully phrased and the whole flow of it is just like, wow. I may have to get that this one. Is, this is great. So it's an enjoyable read so far. It's yeah. 40 years old now at this point, And it kind of follows more or less follows a NBA team, professional basketball team for a year. Well, but he gets into like he gets into so all much. sorts of things about the culture of the times and yeah you know it does all these backstories on different characters that come in and out and it just yeah. really gives you a glimpse of what's really going on besides just the games and the box scores and um, what goes on just in society itself and yeah I, I think it's just kind of a fascinating insider's look even though it's 40 years old I wish there was one that was more contemporary because yeah. it does obviously feel a bit dated at times yeah you know like oh they're making so much money they're making two hundred thousand dollars a year <laughs> i'm like oh that's really different these days but I, I don't know man that's still a lot of money it's still a lot of money i wish i was making that much but uh but uh but i mean obviously for professional athletes that's yeah that's yeah. not even minimum wage now but yeah. it's a good book and so I, i'm reading that now and i've and i read um a month ago i read uh the last shot by darcy frey yeah another basketball book is written in the like early nine, eight, 93, 94, somewhere in there. And it follows like four teenagers in the Bronx and like in a real rundown part of the Bronx and, you know, a place where basically your only hope to get out is to, through basketball. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, kind of their, you know, their senior year and they're hoping to get basketball scholarships to college so they can get out of there. And again, it's sort of like, the, it just goes into the whole, you know, it's yeah. not just following like the games, but like, you know, these little mini biographies and just what, what recruiting is like. And I mean, it's just like, it's not a fun read at all. 
because it's like it's so they should put that on the dust jacket not a fun read not at all. a fun read. kevin sheehan well, it, is, it is not like it's not <laughs> uplifting you know what i mean because like these yeah. coaches come in and he names them and it's like oh i it's in the 90s but like i remember these names i mean it's, yeah. it's all of them are still coaching you know yeah. rick barnes and jim Beheim and mike shusevsky and all these guys who are recruiters and promising the world and then you know, and, and it's just it's a sleazy and they're they're preying on these kids who are just yeah. desperate to get out of their circumstances and it's just i mean it's you know it's not Gross. like it's not an uplifting yeah. read. Yeah. Um, and at one point too, I was reading into this and of the four kids, I recognized one of the names and I was like, I, I don't recognize these other names. I, so I kind of just looked them up and see what, saw what happened to them. Only, only one of them made it out basically. Right. Um, I think three of them went to college. You know, one of them did get away, got his degree, but his work, you know, and is working, you know, a decent sort of middle-class job and one became an NBA player, became an all-star. And then, you know, one never really laughed, just didn't make it. And then one had, it's interesting reading the book now, because as you're reading it, you're like, he's got some mental health issues, but this was before we were as aware about mental health issues. Yeah. Right. And so, um, but you could see it as you're reading the books, like this, this guy's got some, it's got some problems and yeah, um, he committed suicide like 10 years later. Uh-huh, so. Um, so it's just, yeah, like if you like sports books, you got to get into like John Feinstein. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like he's kind of the king of that. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, like I mean, Halberstam to... isn't like a sports writer, which was interesting. He's a historian. Right, right. So he's written about all sorts of things. So yeah. it was interesting to kind of have a non-sports writer write a sports book. Right. It's just different, you know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, kind of working through those. The other book I'm reading right now is called "You Are Not Your Own." You read this? Um, Alan it... Alan Nobles. No, but it's on my list. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. So he's kind of playing off the theme of, um, you know, the first question, the Heidelberg Catechism, which is, what is your only comfort in life and death that I'm not my own, but belong body and soul to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's playing that against our contemporary kind of ethos of, no, we are our own. I'm the captain of my own destiny. You know, body, uh, body, body. Yeah. I, I create my own identity. I, you know, all these other things. And basically saying like, look, our world has become inhumane. <laughs> uh, and, and the burden that that puts on us, this, mm. the, uh, the autonomy that we think we have is actually an incredible burden on us. Yeah. Um, but praise be to God, you are not your own. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about two thirds of the way through it. So it's interesting. Like it's. Sounds good. I yeah, like it's, Alan it's worth a read. It's not the easiest like to read. Um, He's not. Alan Noble is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. So it's not the easiest read. It, it takes a little bit of work, perhaps, depending on kind of what you're used yeah. to. Um, not as accessible as like How the Nations Rage or the New Reformation. Right. Um, well, in a totally different kind of book. Yeah. yeah. He's a he's a professor. Um, yeah. And it's not like super philosophical, but there is some of that. But it's interesting. Yeah. And it's good. He's, it's probably a little more sociological and psychological. Um, but it, mm. it's interesting. It's uh, Certain chapters I kind of read through. It's like, okay. Other chapters I was doing a lot of highlighting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know, highlight this, highlight this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been, I think, a helpful book. I'm looking forward to finishing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I think after I finish Breaks of the Game, I'm going to read Bear Town by Frederick Bachman. Get back Ooh, into Bear Town's a, a so good. good. Dude. Now, here's the thing about Frederick Bachman he's different with every book. 
Like, yeah, like so, some authors, like they have a brand and you kind of know what you're getting. Um, and Frederick Bachman's not that way, except that like they're all a little quirky, you know? Well, I was going like, to say like his, his, like the cadence and style of his writing is the same, at least in the ones that I've read. That's because it's the same translator probably, but. Well, but still yeah, yeah, you can, you can kind of yeah. tell like there's a certain, yeah, I mean, a, yeah. a certain quirkiness to it and yeah. it's the cadence to it. That's uh, just a little bit unique. Yeah, no, yeah. he's good. Frederick Bachman's one of my favorites. Like, um, although they, they made a TV show out of uh, Anxious People. It's on Netflix or something right now. It's, uh, uh, it's made in Sweden or whatever. And it's they don't capture, like, the whimsy of it and just the, you know. Well, that's hard to do. Like, it just doesn't work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. I, I think ad- adapting Frederick Bachman is sort of like trying to adapt uh, Frederick, I mean, uh, Douglas Adams, the guy who wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. Because there's stuff that just doesn't translate. You know, like there's there's lines in Hitchhiker's Guide where it says like, the spaceship hung in the air the way a brick doesn't. Like, you, <sighs> like that just doesn't. And yeah. it's stuff like that that well, makes it's, it. That's because it's not makes, plot driven. I think the, the ones that translate the movies better are more like plot driven stories versus right. like this lyrical story right well you know? like at least like with the tv show like it's a short it's a you know limited series at least there's like you can take your time a little bit and you're not trying to cram it all into like you know 90 minutes or two hours or whatever but yeah like there's just stuff on the page in frederick bachman's work that just you can't film that right like the right. like yeah 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 i feel like the only people i could even try would be like wes anderson or the coen brothers right and even right. then yeah i mean some books just yeah it's a different medium yeah well anything else no well that's it for me i mean well, I'm, <laughs> I'm always reading a ton of stuff i could go on but yeah. yeah well you've been listening to matt and kevin talk almost everything but church <laughs> well i mean your books were a little churchy well, i mean yeah i suppose yeah i'm reading through confessing the faith the uh the commentary on the Westminster Confession of Faith that you teased me about uh, last time I mentioned it. Yeah. So I am reading through that because yeah. I'm sort of teaching on it. So I, yeah. I'm sort of going as I'm teaching, I'm, you know, kind of doing it. And uh, it's good. It's just the first I really kind of dug into it a little bit more than just sort of a quick kind of skim or, or poke around. So, um, I mean, I mentioned if, if you've ever wanted, if you ever wanted a commentary on the Westminster Confession of Faith or they call it, you no, know, re- I have re- been looking for one of those so like everywhere, high and low. I have right. not been able to. Find well, those. let me, let me recommend to you, Matt Curtis, Confessing the Faith by Chad Van Dixhorn. I mean, you know, since I'm, you know, in the Presbyterian to wait, no, he's I'm, actually got like a little bit of a sense of humor, which is hard to find on in presbyterians yeah that, yeah that, 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 that <laughs> let's can, be honest that, yeah that can be that can or be hard just on people who write about confessions and creeds and things it's, it's yeah. a little bit hard to find but it's actually got a little bit of a sense of humor in there so which is which is makes it a little bit easier to get through yeah sure. <laughs> all right how dare you that's it i'm not going to stand for this anymore how dare i say something so accurate um, <laughs> it <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. You've been listening to Matt and Kevin talk church. That's the name of the podcast. Not actually what we do. We hope that what you've heard has been entertaining and edifying perhaps in some strange way. If you've got any questions you want us to answer, and we do have a few lingering out there that we are going to try to get to in the future, but this is our yeah. first podcast in a month and we're rusty. And so right. we're just catching up. And so, hey, you know what? If you've got like books you've read that just totally blew you away, I'm all about um, 
book recommendations. So Matt will in. probably read them by the time we get to the next podcast. So he'll do I it. Read, I, I read fast. It's true. You do. All right. So you can always email us at mattandkevintalkchurch at gmail.com. You can always follow us on Twitter at MKTC. That being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. And we've been talking church? No. We've been talking sports and books. Be warm and be fed. <laughs>